Welcome to The Dive Table. I'm Jay Gardner, and with me again is our third co-host of this new season, season two, Mr. Jack Durr. Uh, Jack, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, anytime I get to talk about diving, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. You're there, you could be talking about, uh, I think I mentioned Excel spreadsheets in the last one. So <laughs> imagine having a podcast on Excel spreadsheets. Uh, I'm sure it exists. No offense to those guys, but not my cup of tea. <laughs> Uh, so we had a good time with our first episode, and I'm looking forward to this one, especially because of of the topic, right? Um, I think this topic is going to be a lot of fun. And so we wanted to focus on an interesting topic, one that doesn't get talked about, I think, a whole lot out in the open, which is being behind the scenes, being a diver, which you are, which I am, uh, working in the dive industry, right, which you are uh, clearly doing. I am doing some and will become doing or start doing a lot more uh, pretty soon here. And so our plan for this episode is really just to explore what it's like working and diving in this industry. Um, nothing more. That's not a, you know, uh, a, a full on exploration of, you know, here are the steps to get into the industry or, you know, don't do it. <laughs> do, do it. I think we'll get into that segment three. What's the advice we have, but it's just an exploration, a conversation about being a diver, working in the dive industry. Uh, so you ready to, you ready to rock and roll on this one? I'm ready. And my disclaimer on this one is the grass isn't always greener next door. (laughs) 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 The water's not always clear on the next dive site. There you go. There's the dive version of it. podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Jay Gardner and Jack Durr. All right. So uh, in this first part, let's set this up. This is a really interesting question and I'm curious your your opinion here. And I don't know if I if I have yet to form an opinion. So maybe I will through this discussion. But at what point are you actually, quote unquote, in the dive industry? So the reason this is an interesting question, because there are a lot of seasonal or part-time or side gig scuba pros. Um, are they part of the industry you know, or not? Is it the line in the sand that hey, I pay my bills through scuba and that makes me in the industry? Um, you know, what, what kind of determines that you are in the dive industry versus maybe you're on the periphery of the dive industry. I'm super curious to hear your thoughts here. So, yeah, (laughs) it's kind of interesting because I've always, like I said in the other episode was I came from not scuba diving industry, you know, working technology and all that other stuff. So being in, in the dive industry has been a learning process, not only in the job, part of it, but what goes on with the whole thing. Um, A quick, easy answer of when you're in the industry is if you can go to DEMA, for example. Um, DEMA is the show that's either in um, Florida, Nevada, or this coming year, it's in New Orleans. So to get into that show, you have to be a dive professional. So you've gone through um, one of the agencies and you become a dive master. So you have a professional certification. Um, hopefully you have insurance because um, that's important, especially in the United States. Um, <clears throat> by the way, I found out in some places around the world, insurance is not required, um, mm, which I was kind of like really surprised. But anyways, um, so if you can get into the DEMA show being a dive master and up, you're considered part of the professional scuba industry. Whether you can claim that you are making your income off that or not is another story. Because, I mean, I would say majority of the people that are instructors and dive masters are doing it as a second job or they've retired and they're carrying on with something that they're passionate about. So are they dive professionals? Yes. Um, and then I would say the next level is um, from the instructors, you have the dive shop owners. Obviously, they're in the industry because they are selling the 
the gear and doing the classes and setting everything up. Um, and then the level after that is where you get into the agency level, you know, being part of the agency organization or the manufacturers. Um, the manufacturers is a totally different area because you're providing now the gear for people. Uh, for the dive shops to purchase to sell to the end user. So each one kind of has its different level of where you are in the industry, if that makes any sort of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, and it's hard to kind of say, yeah, like, am I in, am I part of the industry? There's the the technical, yes. I'm. Let's say I'm an instructor, but I do this part-time and you know and and I don't make my my pay my bills through this right um is that me like it's kind of like if you make a dollar doing it you're considered a professional that's there was really the 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 line in the sand right you made money in this in doing scuba diving whether you know I don't think many people get paid to scuba dive but lots of people get paid to teach scuba diving so it's a close close enough i guess a correlation there um but it's it's really interesting because I think there are some some parallels here in kind of the emergence of the gig gig economy, right? So Uber starts as really a, a side gig for a lot of people, and and even Airbnb, right, was a side gig for people. And now the, a lot of people that's their their full time thing. They manage Airbnb properties, or they are a full time Uber driver, or they own multiple cars that are doing Uber. In fact. Um, we're we're renting our house here in Texas, and um, one of the the people that applied to to rent our house here um, is very interesting. They're involved in renting out cars, so they're they're like a mini uh, Hertz or you know Thrifty or whatever Alamo, whichever car rental place. But they they own these cars, and then there's I forget the name of the app. There's an app now that basically I've, I've is tried uh, that several times. <laughs> What's the, what's the name of it? Do you remember I, it? I don't remember because it never worked out. It never uh, worked out. <laughs> okay. Good. I'm glad you don't remember the name of it. We'd be we picking on them, right? But I found that interesting. I mean, it, it's interesting. So there is this like, you know, view of of piecing it together from different parts. Um, and I think like when you really have skin in the game, at least in the dive industry, I think for me, it's it's not necessarily a technical definition. There's certainly the the you either are have made money doing it or not. I think the dive industry, at least has how I've experienced it, has been a little bit more of the mindset. Are you wanting to contribute to the furthering of diving, right? And and the state of the sport and those sorts of things, which I think people that fall in that agency manufacturing level. Um, probably a lot of the dive shop owners fall on that level. I don't think anyone starts a dive shop with, uh, you know, the thought that they're they're going to retire in three years. You know, the the joke always is, how, do you know this joke? <laughs> I'll say, it. how do you uh, how do you build a a million dollar uh, dive shop? Uh, you know you got oh, here you go. I got I got you on one. So, how do you build a, a million dollar dive shop? You start with two million, and, and then you get there. <laughs> I, I would I would agree yes. Um, yeah. So if you're going into the dive shop part of it, you do need money to go into that dive shop. I so I guess my I guess the being in the industry, um, not to deter people, is it's not always like I said what you think it is because um, in the end it is a job, right? But if you have a passion for it, it makes that job a little bit better or frustrating, however you want to look at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but you're doing you're in the dive industry in this case because you love it. Um, so you see so many people that start dive shops and are instructors because they love it and they want to pass that joy on to other people. And yes, if they make the money. They're probably like super happy because they got to run it like a business. But, um, you know, through my time working with a lot of dive shops, not everybody's in it, you know, as a business. They just do it out of passion. And, yes, you'll get a lot of individual help. But 
the long run, are they going to last? Are they going to survive? Because they're not running it like a business, right? Because mm -hmm. um, in the end, it really is, you have to make an income. Um, yeah. And I have friends that are instructors. Most of them are not full-time instructors. I would say all of them are not. Um, they all have a primary job. So it's supplemental income, but they're passionate about teaching. Right. Um, and then when you get into that, like I said, the, the level of the owner of a dive shop, you have to have some sort of passion with it, right? Because that's a pretty big investment because not only are you investing in a building, a lot of cases, although the new model that I'm seeing is not necessarily always building based, uh, but mm -hmm. you still have to acquire gear, whether you're selling or renting it or putting students into that gear, you still have to invest all that time and money, you know, and then you get into that whole industry area. I mean, it, it comes down to, it should be run like regular business. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, they're there to, in the end, they got to make money. They got to survive, you know? Yeah. And I think it's interesting you bring that up because you've kind of had a front row seat for the last 10 years or so on the, the evolution of the industry, right? And and I think that that's one of the things, at least for me, I find very interesting, right, as a, as a topic is how the old brick and mortar, you know, we always talk about the, the, the disruption curve of technology in, in at least the work I do for, for real work, right? <laughs> like, and, and then I think there's a bottom tier in the industry that you missed here, which is the podcasters. <laughs> 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 Content creators, we're on the very, we're the bottom feeders here. Sorry, uh, I forgot to miss that. But um, but when you talk about the, uh, you know, the the industry and and the evolution of it, you know, I think that there certainly the definition of being in the industry and not is also evolving in some ways. In in the sense that, yeah, I mean, I've I met a lot of shop owners who, like you say out of a passion, um, started a shop who loved diving, but didn't know squat about running a small business and either have learned through the, the hard knocks, you know, way or, or didn't make it right. I've heard those stories as well. Um, and then there are some that I've met that are not divers, right. Or don't have that same passion, or maybe it's, it's waned in, in the time of working and, and scraping it by. And so, I think it's interesting. I had some great conversations with uh, Sarah Miller about her experience of being in, in the industry. You can go back in, in the first three episodes of this. Um, and she's trying to do it a different way, right? She's in a, in a van um, and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make it with, with, um, you know, content and instructing in a different way. There's a coaching program that's popped up that's, that I'm a part of, right. That's a different evolution of this, um, you know, traditional model. Um, I've seen apps, you know, that are, are starting to come out uh, around diving and things. People are applying, um, you know, things that are coming from other places into the diving world and creating new pockets of, of how this industry is evolving. And so, again, I think it's very hard to, to draw a line in the sand to say, you know, you're in or you're out. That's, for me, I fall back to the position of saying like, I think, yeah, Dima is a qualifier in some ways. And then you have a mindset because I think inside of Dima, if you went in there, there are those that are, are there um, without the mindset of evolving things forward um, to put it gently, I think. Uh, and then there are there that those that are, that are as passionate as, as you are about this stuff. And um, those people I really look, look towards because you see that passion and you see that um, ability to, to want to move things forward. So I, I'm kind of on my soapbox. I'll put it away, but I think, uh, I think for sure, uh, that, that I, that question is really hard to answer and maybe we've, we've found some sort of round way to talk about it. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, as I was always told as, as I was getting older, you know, find something you love and then do that as your job. Um, it's kind of a 
tough statement because a lot of times it's hard to take something that you're passionate about and then also make it work. Um, Mm. So when I said it's frustrating sometimes, I say that because I am passionate about it and I don't like it when something's either not working right or someone's not happy with it. I'm like, ah, I want to be in control. I want to make everyone happy. Right. And then that passion kind of, you don't want it to get squashed. Right. But yet at the same time, you're like, ah, it's work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, going back to those things, it's like businesses are businesses, you know, people are people, you know, it's like everything has different, you know, levels of where things are. You still have to deal with people make money, you know, in the end, it, it is a business. Right. Right. That's and yeah. And maybe that's a good transition in the second part of this, which is what is it like being a diver first? And again, that's one of the things I love about you, Jack, is that you are a diver first that that comes across loud and clear the minute that you meet you. But what is it like being a diver first and a dive industry professional or working full time in, in the industry second? So is there this mix between fun and work, like, you know, I know, I know you've gotten flack here from, from folks to say, Oh, you get paid to dive. And you push back on that a little bit and say, well, wait a minute, that's not necessarily true. Like, how do you manage the the separation of the two? And what are some of the benefits of, of living this way that you've learned? And maybe what are some of the, the drawbacks that you've had? Um, well, the first benefit, I mean, in this case, because I work for a scuba, you know, dive gear manufacturer, um, I get dive gear for free. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not always free in the sense for long term. I get free use of that dive gear. Um, so you get the, you get new things, you get to test things, or, or in our, in my case, sometimes it's like, hey, there's a new material. Do you want to have a dry suit made out of that material? And we want to try that out. I'm like, sure. Do I have to keep it if it doesn't work? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so you get to try new things, right? And you get the stuff, uh, you know, like I said, for free, so to speak, virtually. Um, <laughs> disclaimer, asterisk, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but along, what goes along with that, too, is you kind of have to kind of promote the stuff, too, um, which is kind of a double-edged sword when, like I said, I'm a diver. Like you said, I'm a diver first. I am passionate about diving. And I will only talk positive about stuff that I like and I try not to bash other things. So it's, it helps to have the stuff that you like, which makes it easier. Right. Cause I mean, it doesn't matter if it's scuba diving, whatever, if you're pushing a product that you wouldn't use in the first place, it's kind of like contradictory to the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. so for me, I dive because I like it. Right. And going out and diving, talking about diving to me, I find that that excitement passes on to an end user that maybe I'm talking with at Long Beach Scuba Show, or it could be a dive shop, you know, on the East Coast somewhere. They can hear that. Yeah, I want I'm, you know, I'm actively diving. I'm not just, you know, processing papers, so to speak. You know, there's there's some background behind this. I may not be perfect. I may not have, you know, that super deep, you know, (laughs) extended range cave diving cert type of thing, but it's not like I don't want it. You know, I want to do all that stuff, you know, but it's, Mm -hmm. so you do have that a little bit of the contradiction of when does it become, when is it fun? And then when does it become work? So and no, I don't get paid to dive. I get reminded of that all the time. Um, <laughs> so I would like to say I got paid to dive. Um, that's when maybe you're a dive master or instructor and you're then you're getting paid to dive. Um, I get paid to make sure people see the product, promote the product, right? So I guess it kind of is in a way I am every time I'm out diving, I am provo- promoting my company. Because I'm diving that dry suit in Florida. I'm in the Bahamas in my dry suit. Um, and it always comes back. We go to, you know, I give a little review on the trip. You know, I met this person, blah, blah, blah. And I sold the dry suit. 
I'm like, you were in the Bahamas. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get paid for that. That comes from the passion of me promoting, you know, the product, right? Because right. I dive it. If I'm diving it, I'm okay if we're talking about for other people. So um, it's never been about how many suits do I sell? It's more I'm promoting diving because in general, as far as the industry goes, the more divers are in the sport of diving, the more the industry in its whole makes more money. Yeah. So, so if you make exciting, you're doing it, people are seeing it, you know, that's how you get, you know, that, that path and how you work it into, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I go on a dive boat and they go, oh, yeah, Jack's a DUI guy. <laughs> and you end up talking about dry suits. But again, if I'm passionate about it, I don't mind. Um, right. My my dive buddies may go, Jack, we need to go. We're getting hot. We're in our dry suits. Let's go. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's kind of like, move on. We need to go. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm here to dive, not to talk about diving sometimes. So, right. yeah, I, th- I think. Um- you know, that, that was one of my major considerations to, to go back to, to something you said earlier. Like if you don't believe in it and you're not diving it and it then becomes this almost like weird work to promote something. So like when I, when I was looking for dry suits, for example, I, I can talk about my story here a little bit. Like I wanted to really believe in what I was going to be promoting because I realized that what I wore to other divers and and to students of mine and to teammates and things, I I constantly got asked, well, why did you choose that one? And and the best answer I had at the time was, well, because that's the one I got. <laughs> like, what do you like it? Like, not really. You know, like to be honest with you, my first my first dry suit, I I was not in love with, and I just didn't know any better. Right at the time when I bought it, I think I bought it like twenty five, thirty dives in. Right. Um, so when I did my uh, initial uptick uh, of research on, I really wanted to become kind of an ambassador because I realized I already was one, right? And so I'm like, I want to love what I'm what I'm in, and that's true with all of the gear that that I end up using. You know, is I want to really love it and stand by it, um, and so that that I'm not promoting something, whether officially or unofficially, that I don't believe in, and I think that's a really important piece of it. And I think sometimes that's a, that, that can get lost. But I also want to go back to something that you said that I think is really, 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 really important. And and I have to say that I unfortunately don't hear this enough in the diving industry, which is, you know, the mindset and the philosophy that, look, um, when diving wins, we all win, right? When the industry grows by a diver and, and not just a new open water diver, but a committed diver who who's going to really be passionate about the sport, whether they're diving a DUI or a Santee or a waterproof or whatever, the, the, the pot gets bigger for everybody. And I think, especially from an agency perspective, I think, and I can kind of speak to this a little bit. There's, there is this, um, maybe, uh, a view or philosophy of, um, you know, that, that you're either part of us or, or none at all, you know, or you're out. And, and I've especially experienced that in dive shops, like the, the rivalries that exist in local dive shops and, and things. And, and this, and I kind of sum it up with this idea of, of a scarcity mindset that we have to get as much out of the one person that we possibly can and if they're, you know, if I buy something online, all of a sudden I've offended 25 people, you know, that's, that's not a good way to have a philosophy of it. It's, it's, Hey, look, when, when I grow as a diver, the, the whole industry grows as a diver, right. Um, or uh, as an industry. And so it's really refreshing to hear you say that because I, I often hear the opposite, or at least I observe the opposite in this scarcity kind of mindset and very competitive and not in a good competitive competition can be very good, but it's competition that is really personal and really over, over the top with this mindset that like, if you're, you're either with us or you're with them, you know, like, um, that I dislike in the industry a lot. And so 
Uh, I just want to highlight that because I think that that's a message. If Hey, if you're a dive pro out there, if you're in the industry or you're thinking about getting into it, um, I hope that you, you come to the mindset of like, look, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if you trained with me or you trained with another agency. Like, are you, are you happy? First of all, do you feel comfortable with the training you got? Um, yes, no, no. Okay. Well, what's uncomfortable? Well, maybe we can help you or maybe I can't. Here's a great person to go talk to. Right. Um, all right, let's go dive. Like, do we love this? Let's do it rather than like, oh, you're with them. So, you know, you, you go do your own thing. And I think that's an important mindset to come into this industry with. And I think that's a, that's something that I don't hear very often. So I appreciate you. you bringing I mean, that definitely. Up. I mean, having the passion, that passion, whether it's for the gear you're using or just diving in general, that gets passed on to that person. They see it. I mean, it's, it's hard to fake it, you know, type of thing. It, it right? is. Um, it's like, Oh, I, no, I'm not going to be one of those meme things. Um, I was just going to rip on a, type of dive gear. I won't do that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But Um, in general, I mean, if you're having fun and you have a passion for it, people see that and they start listening a little bit because in the other episode, I talked about a little bit about, you know, I got into this dive industry thing and I had no idea what an account manager was or even like what sales was. I looked at it as like going, Hmm, what I have to offer is I will, be responsive, right? So if someone asks a question, if I don't know it, I'll go look it up, mm-hmm. right? But then they could hear that I'm out there diving. I'm like, okay, seriously, I gotta go. I gotta. I'm supposed to go dive. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but they knew I was out diving. So they're they're talking to somebody that has a passion for it, and they're mm-hmm. and you build a better bond, you know, just because they can see it in you, right? Yeah, and, and I think and that goes, from, I mean that comes down to the instructors too. I mean, like you said, if not everybody is passionate, like you know, I, I'd like to say that every instructor is passionate about, it, but maybe some, maybe not so much about a certain thing, and some maybe more for others, and and maybe again it comes down to that personality thing. The instructor may not jive with the student. Okay, maybe it's just switching the student with a different instructor, and then boom, magic, right? Yeah. Sometimes it just comes down a little bit of personality. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, I think for me too, like I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, right? That's that's been my, my life, which, um, by the way, makes buying a house very difficult. Uh, so just <laughs> just a, a public service notice there, um, you know that uh, that that yeah, it makes it hard sometimes. But I have been. I've lived in that world my whole life. And, you know, the, I've always joked um, that the light between work and life is is a very small for me. You know, the the gap is small because, like you say, like, you know, if the, if some, the trash needs to get taken out, I got to take it out. It's that I don't have somebody to take it out for me, right? Like, um, if it needs to get done, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. It's always been my mindset. And it's, it's weird because I've also now later in my career started working, bringing those entrepreneurial, um, kind of mindsets and, and ideas and ways of working into very large organizations. And I remember the first time that I took a vacation from a large organization and I realized, you know, a few weeks into it or a few weeks into my vacation, a few days into it, <laughs> the whole vacation was two weeks, but a few days into it that, um, no one cares I'm gone. Like nothing, the organization doesn't notice that I'm not there. And that's weird and cool at the same time. Whereas you really don't do that. You're never off when it comes to the entrepreneur side. And so I think it's, it's interesting, you know, blending passion with, with, uh, with life, you know, necessities to pay the bills is always this tightrope to walk because, you know, the light between those two things can get really, 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 really small. Um, and then, you know, I've also seen it go over the top where you lose the passion because it becomes work. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. the flip side of that being you're, you know, you, you, uh, you know, start to work so hard at it that you become passionate. I think it's, it's difficult, more difficult to go that way, like to start working in it and then become passionate about it than it is to go the other way. 
Yeah. Well, like I said, sometimes it can be kind of frustrating. Um, so people around me, sometimes my closer dive buddy friends will go, um, enough. <laughs> Stop talking about work. I'm like, but work is scuba diving. They're like, <laughs> sometimes, you know, like I said, work is work, right? Um, it could come down to why wasn't this delivered? <laughs> you know? Right. And, right. And it's nothing that you have control over, but, and I, I guess maybe this is, I, I feel like this is like one of those job interviews. What, what, what do you find as one of your negatives? I find one of my negatives being because I'm so passionate about it. It just frustrates me when things don't go right. Mm, <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, <sighs> um, yeah. so your dry suit better fit. <laughs> just saying we're gonna find out we're gonna find out pretty soon here yeah you'll see me in person in a couple of weeks here um yeah and i think too when it comes to being a diver first and a dive industry pro or in in the industry second i find it also sometimes difficult to switch modes right like you when you're in the instructor role like there's a, a mode you need to be in right that 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 you're re- really requires you to be in that mode. Like I need to be hyper aware of my students in the water, like period, no matter what level of training we're talking about, I need to be, I'm responsible for them because they should be in a learning mode and I should be in, uh, you know, an instructor mode, which is one part instructing and one part ensuring that they're safe to be in that learning mode in that discomfort. Right. Um, and then there's like 17 other parts, but we won't talk about those today. But I think there's the instructor mode where I, I know as soon as I'm, you know, not even at the dive site, when I'm driving to the dive site, you know, the night before, I'm I'm in a different mindset than I would be if I'm going on, you know, a fun dive the next day, right? Um, and so switching out of that to like team member mode, right, is much more comfortable for me because I know like, hey, we're we're good. You know, I'm I'm super comfortable. I know who I'm meeting there. It's it's like putting on a really old, comfortable pair of jeans. You know, when I'm in team member mode, and and we're good. There's also student mode. Um, just because you're a pro in the industry doesn't mean you stop learning. So there are times where you know you need to be, and and I hope everybody is utilizing these times in learning mode, where I'm taking a course and like I don't need to. Sometimes I feel I've felt I I should say I need to have my crap together. You know, because, but no, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm in, I'm a student in this and it's okay if I'm messy. It's okay if I don't get it right the first time, um, you know, those sorts of things. And I have to give myself that, that leeway. And then there's fun mode where it's like, whatever, we're going to get in and, and look at the <laughs> starfish today. It's still up the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll never live it down. But you have to talk about these things. Be open about talking about your mistakes. But yeah, uh, and so it's up to place. Who cares? You know, like um, you know, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna break trim for fun. No, I'm kidding. Um, but these modes, like you could find yourself in the instructor role and then trail off into fun mode if you're not vigilant, right? Oh, look at that, you know. Or you could be in fun mode, and this is usually where I really need to work on. Um, or team role, right? Or team mode. And I shift into instructor mode. And all of a sudden I've, I'm squashing some of my enjoyment of that dive or, or didn't see what others saw because I'm too worried about the other person, right? Um, and they're, they're perfectly fine. So I think there is some of that, you know, shifting that you have to get used to in being a diver first, which I, I feel like I am. And then working as, uh, a a diver, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be instructor or on the dive boat or, you know, whatever it might be. And I think being aware of that is is important that, yeah, th- it does require you to, to wear different hats uh, and wear those hats well. But all of it uh, at the end of the day is diving and all of it is, is for enjoyment and fun. Um, and so that overrides, I think, some of the maybe negative parts of, of putting on those different hats. Yeah. So, I mean, like going to, to those levels, like being in the industry. So when I'm going diving, when I'm actually diving, it's all going to be for fun. You know, the going on dive trips, it's going to be fun because you're dealing with it day in, day out. Um, 
nine to five. Um, <laughs> not always on time. Um, <laughs> if you if you're not watching the video, there were air quotes for the nine. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've seen air quoted uh, a start time. I love that. That's great. We're um, on jack time here. Nine-ish. There you go. <laughs> Ish is part of, yeah. Hence, the dive times are always like, yeah, we're going to meet at eight-ish. <laughs> um, That's right. So I'm looking at diving as fun, right? Because I'm not doing instructing and all this other stuff like that. So because you're dealing with it on a five-day a week, you know, nine to five, you're, you're dealing with that. You want to just get out and just go dive for fun, right? I mean – it's not that I don't take diving serious. So when the conditions are are serious, I turn into protective mode. Are my are my buddies safe? Are they here? Do they see where we're going? Do they recognize that there's current blowing us this way and we need to go over here? You know, so I I, I move into that mode of like corralling, making sure everyone's safe type of thing. And of course, then there's other days where I'm I'm like, uh, what's the fish, the blue fish in Finding Nemo, Dora? Dory. 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 (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, oh, oh, look. (laughs) Um, But otherwise, you know, I mean, you got to have fun, right? So even if you're instructing, at some point in time, you need to go out and do something other than, you know, I I tease, you know, other people. It's like, dude, you need to go do more than just a 20-foot training dive. Right. Sometimes you need to just go have fun with, you know, other dive buddies and, and go out and kind of like relax. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's kind of hard being, you know, cause like I said, you work in it every day of the week and then I still go diving on the weekend. So it's seven days a week is diving related one Mm -hmm. way or the other. Yeah. I'm, I'm not at that point yet um, that, that you're at and I have asked myself the question, like, how do I make scuba what I do, right? Like, how do I, how, that, that's it. How does it pay the bills? And there isn't <laughs> a question. clear pathway. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's the question. How does it, <laughs> I can make it be what I want to be, but I, I can't pay my bills, right? That's the, uh, that's the other, uh, other joke that, what was it? Um, I can't remember something about pizza, but, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll remember <laughs> well, it at yeah, some point. Funny. You enjoy the eating pizza the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Do you enjoy eating pizza the rest of your life? Yeah. Like, Frozen exactly. pizza. <laughs> then, then, uh, scuba instruction might be for you, but yeah, the, um, I think the, the interesting thing about it is in walking that line between passion and profession. And when those two things can blend in, into kind of a, a, a beautiful, um, combination, then I think it's really sustainable, right? Because, because life isn't just paying the bills, right? There's, there is a lifestyle and there is so much more richness that can come than just dollar bills. On the flip side, there's a responsibility, right? Whatever that level you have, um, whether it be to your family or to yourself or, or to your creditors, whatever, whatever one it is, um, that you, you, there's a reality that you have to pay the bills too. So, I think like for me, it's always dangerous to just say, follow your passions because it can also lead you down a road where those passions get squashed or the realities overwhelm the passion. Um, but I think blending the two, it's really important not to get so atrophied into, like you say, the 20 foot training dives, watching people take off their masks and put them back on, um, that you lose the passion for it that it becomes something that you're dreading uh, to do. That's the atrophy of the passion versus being so blindly in love with, with it that you aren't being responsible with um, what you, what you need to do in, in real life. So that that's the fine line. Like that's the, the boundaries that you have to walk. And I think um, for me as an entrepreneur, um, that has always been a fine line of, of walk. And there have been things that uh, startups that I've started that I was super passionate about. And there's been others that I saw as an opportunity. Right. Um, and so there, you know, there's a balance there too. So yeah, I think what is it like being a diver first and a dive industry pro second? I think it's walking that tight, tight rope in some ways um, to maintain that, that level of passion that you, the diving first and foremost is fun recreational. It's 
it's my wild, right? It's where I go to be like, I, I was explaining the last night. Sorry. Um, I was explaining last night that I was talking to somebody uh, about their wild space. They were recently in, in Africa and they said, you know, this is the first time I felt like a human, like I'm on, I'm a human being in a planet, you know, like that, that I belong in some ways. And I said, yeah, that, you know, for me diving is that because I feel like I shed everything off and it's just me in the water. Even though I'm wearing all this gear, all of the other thoughts and, and stresses and everything else, they just disappear. Like they dissipate mm-hmm. when I'm diving. And that's that passion like coming forward. Yeah. I mean, it's not just scuba diving. I mean, if, if you're in any, if you take your hobby or your passion and make it work at some point in time, if the two start conflicting with that, take a step back, you know, and go, Hey, you know, what's going on. I got to make sure that I don't lose my passion for diving, you know, or is it maybe take up a different part of the diving, right? Maybe like I said, go into photography and then everything costs, 10 times more because you flood your camera and all that stuff. But um not saying I did do that, but um <laughs> there's video somewhere out there. Yeah, no, there's definitely flooded it. Um <laughs> But you got to step back sometimes and just go, Hey, you know, I still got to go out there and go surfing, right? I still got to go diving, you know, whatever it is, you still want to make it fun. You know, you can't make it. So it's bringing you down. I mean, that's, I mean, that's part of why you got into it, right? Yeah, I think that's good advice. And maybe maybe we can wrap this one up with with some advice here, which is, you know, what advice do you have for someone wanting to get into the industry? So if, if we haven't scared you away from it, but there's a <laughs> there's a balance here. Um, and there isn't really a clear definition of when you're in the industry and when you're not, um, from a mindset perspective at least. Like, how do you go about making scuba a, what you do, a full-time gig? Uh, you know, is it worth it uh, to even try? And, you know, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you started kind of getting into the industry side of things? Yeah, I mean, but like I said, I kind of backed my way into it, not on purpose because the job went away. And it was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, I guess – I mean, for me personally, what it was is I wish I would have known more about, I guess, the, in this case, because I work for a manufacturer, just what goes into everything. I mean, I'm learning that even today. I mean, you have to learn. I mean, it's not like I know how a sewing machine works, right? I mean, I kind of do, but I always break the needles. So it's, but (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even tried that. (laughs) But the thing is, is you got to learn about all these things and how the structure of everything works, right? So I've always been in the computer type industry, so I kind of knew how that worked. And is it the same as manufacturing and scuba diving? No, because technology and <laughs> manufacturing and scuba diving is completely different, right? So right. It's, I'd say maybe go into a little, a little more of a open mind of it's not necessarily what you think it is but do a little bit of research, right? So I would have, should have done a little little more research and just jumping in. Um, It might've made my early years less stressful. (laughs) 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 Um, But it's, I think it's just kind of like knowing what you're getting into, right? Um, Because, I mean, even if you're going through just a, you know, they start you with open water, then advance and they go, I can be a dive master and you can be an instructor. You can make all this money. You can live across the world. Think about it. Is that really your passion? I mean, I mean, could I personally become an, you know, instructor and move like to Malaysia or something or Philippines and do that full time? Or will I get tired of that? Right. Right. So it's kind of like what level of this industry want, want to get into, Right. Is it part-time, full-time? And then is it truly where your career is going? I see people, um, they go into the sciences part of the ocean. They love it. I kind of yeah. hindsight go, hmm, I would have liked to do that. There's a lot of things I would have liked to do, by the way. Um, <laughs> or I said, <laughs> I could have been an astronaut or worked for NASA. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, 
they're all dreams that got squashed. But anyways, <laughs> so I, I would just say go into it with a little more knowledge about it and don't get all hyped up like, oh, this is what it is. You know, just like anything, check out, is it is this something you really want to do? Is this something that you can be passionate about and continue on? And then so for me, it was like, mm, maybe I should have looked into it a little bit more. And then it made my earlier years easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, well, one, if actually knowing what the job title was or what they did would have, <laughs> <laughs> that was big mistake. Number one, I'm like, so I'm like in the job. Uh, so what does account manager do? Yeah. Hey, you got it though. You got it. Somehow it works. <laughs> you spell that with a A? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. It starts with a yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think for me, um, it's interesting because I think they're like, how do you go about making a full time? I have no idea. I haven't done it yet. But what I found in in at least in scuba so far in the I love the fact that you talk about backing into it, and I always think about the idea that like. The universe, however, whatever your belief system is out there, we, that's not this episode and it won't be ever on the, on a show to get into this. But in my, my world, in my mind, I always think, you know, the, the universe, the world opens doors and sometimes, you know, those doors, we don't see them because, uh, maybe we, we, uh, you know, are blind to them for whatever reason or we're resistant to them. And I've, I've learned time and time again that, the philosophy to take into this stuff. If the intention is to go into a dive industry is, is to, is to really make a go at it is, is say yes, back into it. Um, say yes to that open door and then figure it out, right? Figure out the details later. Like, uh, you know, I have, um, <laughs> I definitely I, did that. <laughs> you definitely did that. Yeah. Look, look at you, look where you are now. It's, it's pretty amazing, you know? And I, I think for me, that's a lesson that I'm learning right now. I, I um, I'm looking forward to a, a big announcement pretty soon here, but I can't, I can't publicly announce anything yet. Um, but that was exactly what the approach I took was I'm going to say yes. And then we'll figure out the details later. And if it pans out, great. If it doesn't, great too. Like no, no harm, no foul. And so I think, you know, there, there's when opportunity presents itself, you know, look for it and, and embrace it in some ways is a way to get into it. And it may not be that you know exactly what it's going to be. Right. And that you do need to do some due diligence to balance the, the realities of, of life against the passion of it. But saying yes um, and being open to those opportunities I think is mindset, you know, task number one. And then number two, I think the other piece of advice that I'd have to people that want to get into it. And, and again, my advice is worth not much because I haven't figured it out yet either. But I also think that the evolution that we talked about earlier, the, the industry evolving forward, um, what do you bring that no one else can or no one else has? Right to the industry? The, the reality is that I think, um, scuba is, is ripe for new ideas and new ways of thinking and, and new business models and things. And so, you know, you may be thinking there, oh, well, I only know X. Um, how, how does that apply? How does X apply to what you can do if, if this is what you really want to go down the path and do? And for me, that's, again, always been something that, that I've trusted is to say, okay, well, I'm coming at this new and I have no idea what, like, for example, when you start working for a big organization, um, that you're just an acronym figuring out for like months. Like, what does that acronym mean? Like, what does that one stand for? What is that one? Like, I have no idea what, you, what sentence that was, right? Like at all. Um, <laughs> I, I worked for a company like that. Um, it was a government related company. I, they're like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what, what, what was that? Mean? <laughs> yeah, they're, exactly. they're looking at me like, what are you doing here? I mean, it's like, I'm like, uh, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, I thought I was an expert, but you guys are throwing out all of it. <laughs> and they're, yeah. Government's all the like hand. the worst. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I think like, but, but that there's a value to not knowing those things in some ways because it, it, it's a fresh mindset. So what do you bring, right? What can you right. bring that no one else has? And, and that's beautiful in some ways. So, yeah. I mean, so, and just look at how the dive industry from a historic standpoint 
came around. How did dive gear get made? How did the backplate come about? You know, why is it that everything looks like it came from the hardware store? Because it <laughs> <Right>? did. <laughs> Probably because it exactly. did. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can innovate, but yet in a lot of ways, um, it's just a rehashing of something that was done, you know, 30 years ago in just a new way. So depends on where you are in that perspective. You know, is it something truly new? I mean, obviously technology is playing a huge part in the dive industry now, right? I mean, especially with dive computers and, and rebreather computers and all this other stuff, right? So, but it goes back to, can you improve a pair of fins? I don't know. Um, I'd like to say, no, you can't, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I totally agree. My jets are all I need. <laughs> so, um, I'm not going to go down that road again, bash yeah, a piece yeah, of yeah. dive gear, uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but are you, do you have, you know, I mean, there's ways, you know, the industry itself, just from a manufacturing standpoint, there's a lot of areas where you could come in with something new. I mean, it's, um, even at DUI, it's, a, it's, uh, this new material or how do we put this together? How do we make something, you know, that the customer end user will go, Oh, it's nothing new, but it's done better. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ways to innovate too, in the dive industry right now. Uh, we just got to find those things. I think on top of that too, to add, add to that, I think, you know, also what I've noticed in, in some organizations, manufacturings in particular, that there's also an evolution of a business model, right? You were mentioning that earlier that, that there's, you know, the old way of, of kind of manufacturing, selling, uh, marketing things is is shifting. And I think that there's room there as well. And I think that's true on the, on the agency side of the house as well. I mean, I mean, think there's a lot that scuba is so young in a lot of ways, as an industry, right? When you compare it to other industries, it's it's really young when it comes to that, uh, you know, the history of it. And it's not a ginormous industry in the sense that, you know, it's not like, because you could say technology as an industry, which is a really big, you know, like, like industry, like word, right? Or, or umbrella, but is young, is younger, but mm-hmm. it's completely global saturated. Right, diving will never become globally saturated. It's it's never going to be that um, because it's a recreation. But at the same time, there's a lot that the, of evolution. There's a lot of of conversation as well around you know bringing diversity and, and from not only from uh, you know uh, uh, ethnicity and and background and cultural perspective, but also from an economic perspective um, to diving. And and there's so much that. Because it's such an amazing experience being underwater, it's such an incredible uh, opportunity to to be in nature and, and mm-hmm. really an untouched. Uh, I won't say it that far, but it, yeah, because we definitely, as humans, have touched the ocean, but in a in a really foreign environment in nature, it's amazing. Um, that that opportunity exists, you know, for others to bring in other ways of, of thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it comes down to that thing I was talking about with the, you know, the more divers that you have diving, the better it is for everybody. And in general, you can kind of see the frequent divers, you know, the me's, the use where you're diving every week, that person's model is smaller than it used to be. Right. So because now, I mean, I, I'm not obviously part of the young millennial group, but their way of thinking is different than, you know, an older diver's way of thinking. They they find a passion, they latch onto it and they keep diving. The thing is, once they buy their gear from a manufacturer standpoint, it's not like they're buying new gear all the time. So you got to get right. the new divers to come in. But the younger generation that's coming in, they're not diving as a frequent diver, they're not necessarily diving every week. They go on a trip and they'll dive. And then two years later, they'll go on another trip and maybe do one or two dives and they're just renting gear. 
you know, so are they really, yes, they're divers, but are they buying stuff in the industry? And so that's, so right now I would say the scuba diving is such a small market and has so much potential to grow. We just need to get it somehow that passion model into it to get people diving more frequently. You know, I mean, I see, you know, East, West coast, there's less dive boats than there used to be. You know, why is that? You know, but yet people are still traveling for vacation to go diving. Um, it's just that they're not diving, you know, the cold water. <laughs> Sometimes I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah. But that's why they're supposed to buy a dry suit. Um, but, you know, it, it's just getting people past that. I'm checking off the box. Like I've done scuba diving. And then, you know, they go and do their bungee, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they do all these different things. We want them to get passionate about that. And the only way to get that passion is by the people that are diving to have that passion passed on to the other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, speaking from maybe a more of a training perspective than a manufacturing perspective, which is, which is cool. I, I didn't realize we would, we would to this episode into the episodes we're doing together. We get to kind of bring those two sides of the coin together in some ways, which is cool. But from a training perspective, my, my, running uh, thesis right now is a lot of people stop diving or don't, don't dive more frequently either a, because they don't have that community where we talked about in, in the last episode we did, or, you know, mm-hmm. they haven't built those relationships yet um, that allow them to, to feel comfortable diving with someone or, you know, I saw it so clearly uh, the other day I was, I was dive mastering, um, you know, a, a local event, that's a certification course, but I was just there to basically be make sure no one uh, got too far because there's there are glass bottom boats that go over this particular part of the spring, and so we have to be careful that you know people don't run into the propeller of one. Right? I mean, that's that's uh, the brutal, honest truth. Like that was my job, um, and what I saw, you know, was was just this this really. Um, blatant discomfort under the water, probably like, I don't know, 10 divers in the water, all supposed to be following one instructor. And then the rest of us were kind of taken up the back. And, um, and you just saw this panic uh, on the face of like, not feeling in control. And what I mean by that is that I can't get to where I want to get or stop when I want to stop, or, you know, I'm not in control. And these weren't new divers. These are you know, all over the spectrum divers in terms of their experience. And so it really highlighted this idea that, that over and over and over again, I've, I've come to, which is that your level of comfortability, like if I suck at golf, I always say this, if I sucked at golf, which I do. Okay. (laughs) I took a class in college. They taught us everything except for how to drive because we didn't have the right space for it. If you don't know how to drive, then the rest of it doesn't matter. And the minute I got on a golf course, I almost took out like 10 other golfers, right? And I stink <laughs> at it. So if you stink at something, if and not even that you stink at it, that you don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable stepping up to a tee and trying to hit a golf ball 100, even 100 yards, right? Um, if you don't feel comfortable under the water, you're not going to continue. And what I, what really came into light for me with that, um, again, was as everyone came up from that dive, everyone's going, you know, the first person says, oh, that was a great dive. And everyone says, oh, that was a great dive, a great dive, high five, blah, blah, blah. But under the water, the truth telling tells a completely <laughs> different story. Like that was not a fun dive. You were, you were like scared out of your mind and, and totally felt uncomfortable. And so I think from a training perspective, you know, it, it, we talk a lot about retention in the industry, right? And, and this word, I think that, that there's a piece that training plays as well in the sense that when you're comfortable and you feel like you're, you're good in whatever definition that is at this sport, then you'll continue doing it. But if you get out of your open water and then it's, hey, see ya, and you barely can get your gear on, you don't feel comfortable. So, you know, the idea that we, that we need to add more divers and to the total number and so therefore we need to drive open water prices down and make it super easy for people to join contributes to the back end of that that we lop off too much that we don't feel that we don't are not producing competent and comfortable divers 
then mm-hmm. they don't stay in the sport and they and they exit out and then it affects the manufacturers like you're saying and the, you know the frequency of diving and things so i don't know it, it's a whole probably seven episode series we could do on this but um but i, I just wanted to add no, to but your I, thoughts I, I totally agree with that being a, being comfortable because when people are comfortable then they'll partake in it more often i mean i i mean that's i think that's just basic human nature i mean the more like as uh, the other episode i was talking about you know the dive you know leading dives and i'd be the guy that go dive with the newer diver and a lot of times they say that was the best dive ever because they didn't have to worry mm-hmm. and they knew that i was there making sure that they were safe right and coming down to that communication and in giving them that free space to go yeah that's not right or I need to do this. We need to do this different, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, so yeah, the more people are having fun and comfortable, they'll keep doing it. I mean, it's, I think that's just a basic thing, but again, I got to get past the millennials that are just checking off the box. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. There are, there are folks that do that. And I think, yeah, uh, it, it's a good point, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a simple truth. That's really affects the entire stack of the industry in some ways. Well, I sure. mean, it, you take that a step further with the dry suits. I mean, I tell people right off the bat, you know, if, if it's their first dry suit, I go, you know, it's going to take you 10, 12 dies before you even start feeling comfortable because it's not going to be like your wetsuit. It can be, um, you know, you can be just as comfortable in it. Just understand it. It t- will take some practice, and you have to change some of your mindset with how you dive. Um, and don't freak out when you go through this class and they tumble you around and do all this stuff. In reality, you're going to be calm. Just pay attention to certain things, and you'll be good, and you'll enjoy it. And yes, you may do like I did and put the dry suit on and go. Oh crap! The suspenders are between my legs again. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you or get over to that. open your P valve. Uh, yeah, you get past all that awkwardness <laughs> and stuff, and then you you go, oh, the dry suit was the best thing ever, right? Yeah. They stay warm. You know, it's the yeah. same way. If they're comfortable doing their regular dives, the more often they will dive, right? Yeah, yeah. same thing. Yeah, the, I know. I, 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 for me, like, I just can't. It's funny because the joke is always, you know, we're going to go savage dive today, which is, you know, wetsuit dive. Like, who's savage <laughs> diving? Like, oh, you savages, you know, in your wetsuits. It's an internal joke. We don't we don't look at other people and say that to them. Um, but because there's this sweet spot, once you get comfortable in your dry suit, I mean, there's there's just this beautiful sweet spot when you can manipulate the bubble right into that right spot where your dry suit just, like, carries you along the water. Like, it's just this beautiful beautiful thing, but it takes work, right? I remember, you know, the first time um, that I was in a dry suit and uh, I asked the question of my instructor at the time, like, you know, okay, this is all well and good doing this whole like starfish and tumble and and things, but how do I do that in an overhead environment? Like what, what, how do I vent gas then? And, and it was kind of like, I don't know. Like you tumble, like, well, you can't tumble in that environment. Like, what do you mean? So I remember when I, when I asked, you know, got past all of that and, and asked my, my next instructor, he's, oh, simple. Put yourself at a 45 degree angle, you know, tilt yourself up a little bit, break trim a little bit and, and let time for the gas to actually vent. Right. right? Well, I remember it was like, I'm, I, I'm, you're so used to that immediate reaction to things. You don't realize you need to let, you know, some time passed. Yeah. And then it will go, right? So there's a learning curve and that's uncomfortable when I'm like, come on, gas, come on, gas, and getting mad about it. That's okay, right? Now I'm like, okay, let's go diving. Like no big deal. It's this beautiful – I can't imagine not having my dry suit because my enjoyment level will be so much lower because it's not – my wetsuit's not going to float me along in the water and carry me in this beautiful position, right? Right. Um, So anyway. Physics comes into play. And I always remind people um, with dry suits, physics, if you are neutrally buoyant at a position and you don't change anything inside your dry suit, okay, you don't add air, you don't let air out, it doesn't matter what position you're in, you're not going to go shooting to the surface by all of a sudden having your feet up 
right because you didn't change anything inside your dry suit. So your buoyancy is just like this. Um, so there's actually photos of me all the time. I'm going some weird angle to get a photo and I'm upside down. People go, aren't you worried about the air going up at your feet and you're going to shoot to the surface? I'm like, on. well, first of all, I didn't add any air <laughs> when I got into that position. And so I'm not going to go shoot to the surface. And then when it's time, I just rotate myself back into the right position because I didn't change any of the variables, so to speak. And right. people kind of forget physics. Yep. You know, and sometimes I know math is hard, but that's a, that's a tech, that's a tech diving. <laughs> that's right. We, we could have been doing a podcast about math. So I'm glad we didn't want to about scuba. <laughs> well, good. I mean, I think this is, this is good. And, and, um, and hopefully out there, it's giving you a little behind the scenes look at being a diver, working in the dive industry, which I am, I am starting my journey learning more and more about. And Jack, uh, I think, has a wealth of experience there and knowledge to share. So, yeah. uh, two months from now, hey, hey Jay, what are you working in? Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm working in the computer industry. <laughs> 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 or I'm eating pizza and we're foreclosing on the new house. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to learn more and, and to. To be in, a, in in that mode of of you know I'll, I'll always be a diver first. I'm so passionate about this, and and that's what initially attracted me to you. I mean, I think our first phone call was scheduled for like half an hour, and it was like, oh, three hours just went by. Like maybe maybe, maybe we need to cut it off here, you know. Uh, but I know, and, and then I at work they they have a thing. It knows how long you're on each phone call. I'm like, what? <laughs> you're tracking this? <laughs> Oh, I want to see that printout. I bet you. I bet you. You. you they've got to present an award for that at the end of the year. Most uh, most in depth phone calls to Mr. Jack. I, I, I don't see. My thing is, it's not frequency. It's the it's the quality of the length of the call. That that sounds like a good job interview answer, right? <laughs> Well, good. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts. Um, are you a full-time dive pro? Uh, in what capacity? Are you in the industry? How's it going? <laughs> how did how did you pay the bills, right? Uh, we we want to know your tips. Um, or are you trying to break in? What do, what do you want to do? Uh, I would love to hear from you. And I'm, I know Jack would. And as Jack said, he will be responsive. So reach out to him. And I will as well. Um, any parting thoughts before we wrap this one up, Jack? Um. No, but just uh, in the end, always have fun. I mean, you got to have fun, right? No matter what your job is, at some point you got to step back and go, am I enjoying life, right? In this case, am I enjoying my diving, right? Got to get out there and dive. That's right. That's right. Thank you for having me on again. This is – Yeah. It's it's actually kind of fun for an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to hear. It's good to hear. We got one more to do. So, uh, so I'm glad. I'm glad. And maybe more to come. Who knows? So, Jack, thank you for being on the show. And, hey, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to be part of this growing community, uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so you get notified when new episodes drop. Thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to having you back on the next episode of The Dive Table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com. Dive Surf.com.